BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast, Tuesday night, afternoon edition. My name is Matt Connor. Sterling Holmes, my co-host, is coming live from a from a medieval weapons cache. What you, what's going on? Where where are you? And like, are you fulfilling some like adult Lord of the Rings fantasy right now? What's going on? This is Dungeons and Dragons. No, I'm kidding. I'm in southern Indiana at my grandparents' house. My grandparents are actually in Florida. So I'm here. In what could be the start of a horror movie, middle of nowhere, town of 1900, the town and birthplace of Colonel Sanders, actually. I'm doing this show on a hot spot because my grandpa decided when he was going to Florida, hey, let's take the Wi-Fi. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's not how Wi-Fi works. And I'm here to tell you, I know. No cable company comes here. They don't have cable or Wi-Fi in the traditional sense. It's like something you get from like 1997. So he took that with him. So this is on a hot spot. Wish me luck. I hope to stay alive during this in both sense, computer-wise and just myself. Uh, my neighbors are horses. So it basically is a Game of Thrones episode that I'm rolling with right now. So uh, besides all that, I'm doing great. Maddie C., how are you? True fact, my... <laughs> grandmother-in-law now passed her name was wani be still her soul well one time asked my wife her granddaughter to read her latest email because it was a printed letter that someone had mailed her but she thought since it had been written on the computer and printed she's like can you read this email my friend sent me and yeah we just lost it anyway that was something about being over like 80 and the internet is just it doesn't work I'm 28 in the internet. It doesn't work. By the way, Mr. Toe's already getting this. It feels like an automated message that Sterling's given us because you already says on stacking the box. Uh, I apologize. I just have to get it out of the way early. Got to get it out of the way early. Patrick Allen, my boss, basically, is Sterling at Medieval Times. Yeah, Medieval Times at Ridgemont High. That's what this is. Medieval Times at Ridgemont High. You know, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're doing, right? Do I need a, a fucking turkey leg? It's Thanksgiving, right? Happy Thanksgiving, y'all, by the way. Have a safe Thanksgiving. Do I need a turkey leg right now? You know, you know what we're thankful for? We're thankful for listeners. We're thankful for our faithful commenters. And we're thankful for German purity laws that go back 400 years. Fifteen, <laughs> sixteen. I'm just really getting to this Casey Bierko read right now, guys. Same thing. German purity law of 1516. You know who else does that? Casey Beer Company. 
Kansas City Beer Company is the best beer you will have. Get it in Kansas or Missouri. When you find the red carton, pick you up some. Uh, they're having specialty beers out now for the wintertime. It's all fantastic. Uh, trust me, anyone who's tried it, anyone in the Discord, anyone who's listened to this and actually got it, they always say, this is some damn good beer. And I go, I know. I'm not just saying it because they sponsor us. I'm saying it because it's damn good beer. I'm telling you right now, guys, if you try it, you will love it. Casey Beer Company, dare to beer different. Before we get into a lot of Chiefs stuff, because we do want to talk about the future. We want to talk about the now. You guys crack me up in the comments, and I have to uh, wear a few, or just say a few of them. Someone says, Slothy Style, with that mustache, if you were in a horror movie, you'd be the villain. Thank you. Thank you. Apparently, I'm the villain now. You look more like Knives Out. You're like the dapper... You know, got to figure out the the clues who done it. I think they have the wrong genre and wrong type for you. But go ahead, Raymond Chandler. Did you buy a Dolly Parton cassette at Cracker Barrel? Story. I actually went to Cracker Barrel. I shit you not. I ate at Cracker Barrel. Got me some chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes and gravy, green beans and fried apple. Uh, I got called Sterling the Gladiator. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you all in the comments. You make the show happen. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't. You went to Cracker Barrel and didn't get hash brown casserole. Chicken. I mean, I mean, look, there, there are many ways Steak. to mess up at Cracker Barrel. One is to buy those old men, all the hard candy that old men give away to, to little kids. That's a wrong way to be there. <laughs> Buying a snowflake sweater, falling for a, uh, a a blanket patterned after checkers and bringing that home. That's a bad thing, too. Getting stuck in that incessant spiral of the peg board game. That's a wrong way to do it. There's only one right way to be there, and that's to get the hash brown casserole. Let me know in the comments if you think if you think I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, before one last thing, Vindel Malone, Sterling, you look like the Indiana serial killer with that mustache. There's been a murder. Dude, you're, that makes you Brodiac. You're kind of like part bro, part Zodiac, which makes it Brodiac. Dude, by the way, you're slaying a lot of people with your takes tonight. This is going to be good. Hey, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some Chiefs and uh, and get into this. We'll reflect a little bit on the game that just happened a couple days ago, but it always feels like let's get to the like the order of business right now. Uh, L.A. Rams just released Daryl Henderson, running back, about a week ago or a few days ago. Uh, Melvin Gordon, um, I said a week ago, but I think it was yesterday. Melvin Gordon uh, was also released by the Broncos. Remember a week ago, the Chiefs put in a failed waiver claim for Eno Benjamin from the Arizona Cardinals. They just lost Clyde to injury, an ankle sprain, especially a high ankle sprain to a running back that probably is going to keep you out a few games. I, we don't know if that's the case, but I'm, that's just some conjecture. If the Chiefs were interested in Eno Benjamin, do you think they're interested in either Melvin or Daryl? And like, do you get that? Or are you just thinking, well, you already have Ronald Jones. What are we doing here? I just wonder, like, what do you think of Daryl or Melvin or Ronald? Which, by the way, sounds like a failed McDonaldland character lineup. <laughs> I like Ronald of the three. Don't get Melvin Gordon and his buttery fingers anywhere near Kansas City. Mm. No, that dude eats butter popcorn and then goes out on the goal line and tries to score. He's the anti-Zekiel Elliott when it gets into the red zone. He no chance do I... He's eating some mama's pancakes, eating some cornbread, getting them all buttered up, and then tries to hold it at the football. There's no chance. No, don't bring Melvin Gordon anywhere to Kansas City. I like Ronald Jones. If I'm going to take a pick of the three, 
He's been on the practice squad a, a while. He should know the playbook. Yeah, he's one-dimensional, but Jerick McKinnon is entrenched in the third-down role. You know, Isaiah Pacheco's got first and second down covered. Even with Ronald Jones on the roster, he's just going to be an insurance policy. That's what he is. That makes the most sense to me. With Eno Benjamin, he was off to a really good stretch, right? He was just extremely dynamic, both receiving as well as rushing. It made sense to put in a claim for him because he was better than all the other guys currently we're talking about. But Ronald Jones has put in the work. He should know the playbook. It should be a plug-and-play. And again, because you have Jarek McKinnon, there's no reason to bring in a guy who's also receiving back. I like the way it's constructed as is currently. I would not be surprised. I, it doesn't mean I think it's the best move, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs put in a waiver claim on Daryl Henderson. They're probably not going to get him. I mean, you're probably going to have other teams interested in him. It was a bit of a surprise move. Everyone's thought Cam Akers is going to be gone from there for a while, and they, they just keep getting rid of others. So, yeah, I, I Henderson fits what Clyde should be, what you want Clyde to be. So without Clyde, it makes sense. Let's kick the tires on a guy who is – uh, you know, a third round pick in 2019. Um, Henderson's not a game breaker. None of these moves are going to like move the meter for the Chiefs. But the season is always so long that these kind of moves are about how do we survive? How do we how do we stay not just afloat but but stay alive and well in case of any further injuries or whatever? Yeah. Well, and, and this was why the Chiefs did not release Ronald Jones. This is why when Ronald Jones was basically right. saying, give me an opportunity to give me a chance, the Chiefs said, no, you signed a contract. You'll get your opportunity because there's not been a season. Look around the Chiefs organization for years where the running backs have been completely healthy, at least since they've gone to this rotation, right? Clyde's been hurt here and there. Jerick McKinnon's had a history of injuries. Um, you know, Isaiah Pacheco's obviously a rookie, but there's always going to be injuries. It's the running back position. They take tons and tons of hits. Ronald Jones was going, to get a, was going to get a chance. Here's his chance. At least in my opinion, it makes the most sense to give him the opportunity. He's been here. He's earned it. The guys we're talking about are all mediocre running backs to begin, to begin with. I like Patrick Allen. Signed all the mediocre running backs. None of those guys are game changers. Ronald Jones was brought in as an insurance policy. Cash in on that insurance policy. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc by the way let me ask you this and or, or maybe we'll just float this out there how motivated does ronald jones have to be right now i mean the moment you uncork that bottle and say all right you're on the active roster and you're even going to get a couple carries that guy has to be both pissed as hell at just the whole scenario, right? Like like his agent said, hey, we got you a deal, one-year deal with the Chiefs. You're going to compete. 
fans are like, he could even take over for Clyde in a lead back role. Now he's like just been sitting there. So not only has he got to be pissed because he can't get off this team that was supposed to be his golden goose, but then also he's like, what little carries he's going to get are his ticket to another attempt to get a payday. Like he's trying to get an attempt to get a payday at this point. He's two steps from where he really wants to be. The moment he steps on the field, if that dude doesn't look like I'm dragging 11 fucking dudes across the the chains. The Marshawn Lynch is knocking folks over. (laughs) Totally, totally. I'm just thinking everyone's going to watch it and go, yo, did, did, is Ronald Jones really named NFL Blitz? And what the fuck is going on with like (laughs) some super tech mobile version of him? It's going to be crazy. Or he's going to like, He's going to like flinch at all the emotions of the moment. He's just going to like fall over and be like, he like not able to handle the reality of, of doing it. It starts with the offensive line in the offensive line over the past few games. They've been nails. Give a shout out to Orlando Brown jr. I know I need to, I I've been very harsh on him. And I think for good reason, Orlando Brown jr. Is not lived up to the, the contract that he's been wanting, but the past few games, if he plays like this, you got to give him a contract. He's looking really, really good. The interior offensive line, outside of one Joe Tooney, which we've never seen Joe Tooney get pushed back like that in his entire tenure in Kansas City, that one play, the interior looked incredible. I mean, let's start talking about how good the offensive line has performed. Small sample size, not against great teams. I understand, but that's a jumping off point, and it helps the run game. Isaiah Pacheco with had holes. They're not using the RPO as often. That helps. I I've just been intrigued by the 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 less RPOs, the offensive line showing cohesion, and the the running backs actually hitting the holes with some steam. Now, is that a lack of Clyde Edwards-Alaire carries? Could be. But Isaiah Pacheco looked really good, and I have to give him credit. Yeah, you're totally right. To go back right to left, Andrew Wiley looked good coming back from injury, and kudos to him for being able to stave off Winogo and whatever else competition has been around. Trey Smith looks healthy on the other side of the bye, and he's been a different player so far in the second half. What I love is even during broadcasts, like national level announcers are mentioning the greatness of Creed Humphrey. Like on Sunday, someone even mentioned like Creed may be the best center in the game. And that's the kind of reputation building that has to go on for other players to go, I'll vote that guy for Pro Bowl. And you can scoff at Pro Bowl all you want, like, oh, it's meaningless or it's a popularity contest. But at the end of a player's career, that's often what we refer to when you talk about, oh, does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Does he, how great was he? Well, he made seven Pro Bowls or, or something like that. If Creed's ever going to enter into that sort of pantheon of greatness, it's going to require like early on in his career starting to earn some of those acclaims. So, you know, I mean, to quote a rock band, I'm glad they're taking Creed higher and higher. Uh, instead of creating his own prison with bad play in the middle. I would say, some might even say the national uh, media is starting to welcome him with homes wide open. Totally, totally. Welcome to this place and podcast. We will show you everything. So, yeah, you're right about Tooney. Quick question about Orlando Brown Jr., though, however. At this point, I like the way he's playing, and you're right. we got to backtrack some of the criticism or at least lay praise atop it. But. At this point, I'm still only franchising him for another year. And I know that gets pricey, but I'd rather pay two to five million more per year for just one year than I would a long-term, slightly cheaper deal over like four or five years. 
And I think, I think, I think that's part for the course in the NFL. So right now it wouldn't surprise me if the chiefs were still like, yeah, you've played well, but, but we're going to tag you again. Sorry. You'll just have to feel bad while making $20 million. <laughs> right. Like what would you, what do you think of that? I'm with you. The, the fact you traded for Orlando Brown jr. That's a sunk cost. Don't double down unless you truly believe he's the future left tackle for a long time. If you think he's only a, a holding pattern, if he's just a guy who's here for now until you find a better option, there are worse options to have at left tackle. I'll, I'll fully admit that. But I don't think he looks like the franchise left tackle. If you want to draft a guy early on in the, in the first round, again, you're not going to be drafting early with the way that Chiefs are playing right now. But maybe you package some of those draft picks, you move up. Maybe you find someone young that you truly believe in. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But I, I think the franchise tag for, for uh, Orlando Brown Jr. is the move. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So kind of the, the topic of the day, to, uh, and um, Sterling and I are going to be talking about this in just a minute, like the, the dominance of the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs are, are so set right now. But I want to tell you about, um, before we do, if you want to feel as dominant as the Chiefs, it means you want to be in the same room as Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen, and Sterling Holmes. I don't add anything to it, but I will at least be there just to like, I don't know, maybe they'll give me a broom or something. But we'll <laughs> let you know. Hey, we're going to be in Kansas City in what? Just over two weeks. Is that right? Three weeks. Something like that. December 11th. Take it. No, December 11th, Rainbow Boulevard, Kansas City, Tanner's Bar and Grill. I've been there. The, the Tanner's Bar and Grill off of Rainbow Boulevard. It's right there off 39th Street right over state line it's outstanding it's a really good bar uh it's they built it maybe five years ago parking garage behind it uh it's a pretty big space shit ton of tvs long bar Uh, we're all gonna be there we'll be boozing we'll be having fun saying hi to everyone we'll do a pre-game show a post-game show have some some prizes giveaways i mean it's gonna be a great time casey birko i believe is gonna be there as well so I, i mean this is going to be a fantastic live event. First one we've ever done, right? First live event we're, we're all doing. So it's the inaugural live event for Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Verderam is going to be hilarious. He'll be talking in a New York accent, probably calling everyone Copernicus. Uh, and don't sell your, yourself short, Matt Connor. You have the best hair. You have the best beard. The best puns. I mean, come on. You bring a lot to the table. Yeah, I don't think anyone would agree with you there, including my wife. Yeah, anyway. Verderam promises to do a keg stand if we fill up the place, says Patrick. Slothy Style says another one next season. I'll throw this out there. That's probably will happen if this one goes well. So if you want us to come out next year, encourage your friends to come out this year if you can't be there. Have a good time. We just want to throw that out there. Look, you can find all the details. www.arrowheadaddict.com slash events. If you go to slash event, it's just hanging out with me in my basement. But if you add an S, then suddenly it's all about how to hang out with us. So arrowheadaddicts.com slash events. Let's talk the dominant Chiefs. And and folks, if you're listening, like like more than analyzing the victory that just happened and more than talking about the weirdly limping Rams after winning a Super Bowl, which we'll talk about that at least for a minute. I just want to say this, and this is what has been dominating my line of my, my thinking I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about this. I go to bed thinking about this. The Kansas City Chiefs are the most dominant, in the most dominant position, I think, a team can possibly be in, like in a realistic sense, right now. I think they're there. I think they're totally there. 
somehow in the middle of a year in which they were supposed to be rebuilding, young players were supposed to be growing, draft picks were just supposed to be learning, sitting, developing, whatever. The Chiefs are running away with their conference in a season where everyone's trying their best and they can't, they just can't get it done. Maybe you can talk about Josh Allen, maybe you can talk about whatever, but the Chiefs are sitting pretty this year. And then everyone else in their entire look, the quickest way to the playoffs is through the division. So let's start here. We'll get to salary cap, we'll get to draft picks, we'll get we'll get to the future, whatever. But the easiest way for the Chiefs to stay dominant is to own their real estate of four teams. And the Chargers are gonna have to start paying their quarterback. The Raiders and the Broncos went all in, pulled the lever on the casino, and the thing said, sorry, game over. Sterling, is there any chance the Chiefs don't win the next four to five AFC West titles automatically? I mean, if a meteor comes down and destroys Kansas City, that might be the only chance because this is just absurd. I mean, this was the year that they were supposed to struggle. This was the year the national media was talking about, it could be the Raiders. They got Devontae Adams, right? You know, Hunter Renfro coming into his own. They always love to talk about Darren Waller, right? It was going to be the Raiders. No, it wasn't. Then it was going to be the Broncos. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is so good. He is washed. Dog is so cooked. I mean, come on. I'm here in Southern Indiana. They overcook vegetables like it's, it's stupid. They're more cooked than Southern Indiana sweet corn. Okay, that's Russell Wilson. They're done. Stick a fork in them. And then you talk about the Chargers. They can look up their sixth straight AFC West preseason medal. Congratulations. You won that again. That's all they have to to hang on. They don't let Justin Herbert throw the ball. I don't know why they only let him throw it against Kansas City. That's the only time Joe Lombardi and Justin Herbert are on the same page is when they play the Chiefs. This is just so absurd to me, okay? Like, the Chiefs not only are at eight and two, number one seed, not just the AFC West, but the entire AFC, but this was supposed to be a retooling season. This is absurd. This does not just happen. This starts with Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Patrick Mahomes, the entire organization. So many teams would kill to be in a position that the Chiefs are in right now. Think back 10 years ago. If we're in Kansas City, think 10 years ago. Did you ever think this was even possible? Never, never. We're living it, baby. We are living it. We're talking about a secondary with like four of five players are rookies right now. We're talking about linebackers where it's second and third year with Chanel and others like starting to learn. We're talking about a wide receiver room on Sunday that was playing without several key players who all went out. We're throwing to Jody Fortson for 40 yards. We're throwing to Justin Watson. Sky Moore shows up out of the blue and you're like, yeah, might as well. Might as well get on board because that's all this team does is fucking dominate. It's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> to me. Now, yeah, and you know the national media sitting here going, well, if Aaron Rodgers had Justin Watson and rookie Sky Moore, things would be different. They find any way possible to discredit Patrick Mahomes. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's stupid. Crazy. Here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. If the Chiefs can do all of this, if they can dominate against this crazy-ass schedule, by the way, if they can trounce their rivals when they all cashed in all their chips, then imagine what they can do next offseason when they actually have loads of cap to spend and when they have 12 draft picks. Let me say it this way. 
these young chiefs that will only grow and develop from here on both sides of the ball, if they restructure, if they do what's called simple restructures, according to over the cap, they are going to have top five or six cash available for them to spend in free agency next spring. And Brett Veach is going to have 12 draft picks to use. Wait, I think now it's 10 after the Canarius Tony deal, right? So they're going to have 10 draft picks to use. Maybe they get another one because the enemy gets hired or another player or another person gets hired out of their front office. In other words, here's what's going on. The Chiefs are going to be able to trade for anyone in the draft because of the number of picks. They're going to be able to outbid anyone because of their cash. And they're already sitting as pretty as they are. I'm just looking at all the figures. I'm looking at all the financials. I'm looking at all the assets. And I'm just going bananas thinking, I don't know how in today's modern NFL, like like a team last year, like, I'm sorry, I'm just going on and on here. But the Rams just won a fucking Super Bowl and then fell apart because that's what's supposed to happen, right? Or another team has like Aaron Rodgers MVP and then they can't surround him with any fucking thing at all. But Patrick Mahomes is like making it happen with this incredible roster. You've got coaches from heaven surrounding him like like <laughs> angels in some Thomas Kincaid painting whatever, right? And then the whole and then the whole then the whole thing is it's only going to get better from here. You want Juju to come back automatic. You want them to get a like the best pass rusher out there, they'll outbid anyone. Like anything Brett Veach wants to do is possible, and he's already working with the AFC's best roster done. In a league based on parity, the Chiefs seem right now to be outlier. They do. I mean, if, if they've faced almost any team on a neutral field, they're going to be the favorite. And this was supposed to be a down year for them. That's what makes it crazy. And you mentioned that the cap space that's going to be available. If you don't completely believe in Orlando Brown Jr., see who's available. You have options. If you want some pass rush help, go get them. Wide receivers, you can. And I do agree with Mark S. in the comments. Why overpay in free agency? Just keep drafting and developing. I'm with you. But I'm saying if you really think that you can get an impact player right now at a decent cost, that's why I was so against trading for Brian Burns. I didn't want to pay credit and debit, right? I didn't want to give the draft capital and then turn back and pay. But if you want to pay for a guy in free agency, whether that's a Montez Sweat, I'm not saying he's up available because he sells one more year, but a, a Deron Payne, right? There, there's other guys out there. Take a look. Yeah. You can do that now. You can actually pay to get those guys. You don't have to give up draft capital as well. It can be a developmental aspect as well as a win now aspect. The Chiefs are just in such a good position. It's just. It's fun to watch, and you're seeing the development of even the back-end young guys, guys like Jody Fordson, Noah Gray. There wasn't a ton of hype surrounding those guys as far as what could they eventually become behind Travis Kelsey. And by the way, Travis Kelsey isn't slowing down. The Chiefs traded for Kadarius Toney, the future McCole Hardman, so they don't have to overpay for McCole Hardman if he gets a large contract in free agency. I mean, they felt comfortable enough in this secondary to get rid of one of their veteran corners. Rashad Fenton is a fine NFL corner. They said, you know what? That's okay. We got Joshua Williams. We got Jalen Watson. We trust these guys more. This is allows them to pay guys like Legereus Sneed, who's going to have a big payday coming up. I'm excited, man. I truly am excited. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to be celebrating this team for a long time. Uh, just to get a couple comments in here from, from readers uh, or listeners, um, Feature Trunks 
says, and the biggest thing of all, we are not wasting money, which I totally love this. You're totally right. Veach seems to know the value of money. He's not throwing it around like it's Monopoly. By the way, Marvin's Gardens, I love that spot. I don't know why, but if someone else buys Marvin's Gardens when I'm playing Monopoly, I quit. I quit in the middle of it. Flipping the board. Flipping the board. I just flipped that that board. Uh, John S. says, Fortson and Gray have taken several steps forward this year, in in my honest opinion. Agreed. The Chiefs have the best tight end room in football, right? I mean, like, I think Gray and Fortson could be, like, Regular solid contribute. Like I think both guys could be starters on other teams. How about that throw and catch? By the way, in, in, in a career that Mahomes has already had, that has to be a top five throw. I mean, Fordson legitimately was blanketed. All he had to do was put his arms out. Good for him for catching though, because I don't even think he could see the ball. You just throw yeah. your arms out and he's getting blanketed. He hits his hands. He goes, "All right, I'm in." But that throw by Mahomes has to be a top five throw. Uh, next, our next segment, folks. Let's talk about this. I want to I want to play a game with Sterling. I just made this up. It's called What's going to happen with this guy? Let me bring up a guy and then Sterling, I want you to tell me what's going to happen with this guy. In, in case you don't know, Lucas Niang came off of the um injured reserve. He's not yet activated, but here's what it means. His practice window opened on November 2nd, I believe. The Chiefs have 3 weeks within that time to Watch him practice, but he doesn't take up a roster spot. But at the end of those three weeks, the Chiefs have to make a decision based on what they've seen during his return to team activities to say, yeah, we like him, let's bring him back to the active roster, or he's forced to go on injured reserve and lose the entire season. Let me see what you think here. What's going to happen with this guy? Man, I I would almost say you place him out for the rest of the season. I I think Prince Tega would no-go showed enough in that glimpse we saw in his actual NFL action to say, I'm comfortable if something were to happen to Andrew Wiley. Now, if you know me, I am a massive Lucas Niang supporter. When he was drafted, I was, I was thrilled. And I still think he can be a good NFL right tackle. I don't think his career is over. I don't. But this season, we are so far in. We're so far in. Do you want to take a chance on a guy who's been banged up, who's been injured, or do you want to take Andrew Wiley, an average right tackle? I think he's average, maybe slightly below, but average right in there, who you trust. You know what you're getting from Andrew Wiley. You saw Prince Tego Inogo in an NFL game this year. You know what you got from him. You might have to help. You might have to chip with him, but he was fine. There wasn't a, a substantial drop-off, if any, from when he came in instead of Andrew Wiley. I really like Lucas Niang, but on this season's roster, I don't see where he fits. Would you – they're also carrying uh, Jaron Christian, who's a tackle, and Darian Kennard is an inactive who mm. could be placed on practice squad, although he's poachable there. You don't see even a place there for Niang? You, you'd rather him be stashed away? I guess with Christensen, that's your left tackle option, I would assume, right? I don't know if they'd move Joe Tooney to left tackle in that in that scenario. That's probably what I would do, but it feels like the Chiefs would use Christensen in that, in that case. So he seems to be the left tackle backup. When it comes to Kennard, if he gets poached, you're going to feel a little, little bad about it. Cause I, I don't know what Kennard's going to be, but they felt enough about him to draft him. He's a project. They knew that. Giving out on a project, it would only half season seems a little soon. 
you don't lose anything with Niang. You can place him there. He might be upset, but he's not getting poached. This feels like a bad for the player, but if you're the, the Kansas City Chiefs, it makes sense to keep your entire players, and it gives uh, a chance for Niang to get healthy for next year. I think I disagree with you. I think I think there's, what, seven good games left. That's a lot of a season. I think that gives you a lot of runway to see, to slowly work him in. I, I, I think the roster spot's there. I think a third-round pick like him is worth seeing for the sake of the future. There's a potential of 10 games left this year with the Super Bowl run. But, but what would you do then? Because I, I like Wiley and Prince Tegawanoga right now. I don't want to give up Kennard. on Kennard. You would lose Kennard. I would lose Kennard, yeah. yeah. He's a project. He's slow-footed. He's a, he's a strong run defender. He's a mauler. If he's there, he's there. And if he's not, it doesn't matter because nine of your other 10 picks are playing. So it's not like I'm like crying over the fact that I lost Darian Kennard. And that's not, I don't mean that as a slight to Kennard. I just mean like, hey, in terms of priorities for the Chiefs right now, give me give me the third round pick. Remember, Lucas Niang opted out a year. So he's only technically per the NFL one year older than Kennard. He still has two years left after this one on a cost-controlled rookie deal. Give me Niang instead of Kennard, and and I'll, and I'll cross my fingers that Kennard's still there. I, I, last thing I'll say is I really like Lucas Niang. I'm not going to be upset if they put him on the roster because, I would, frankly, I'd be happy because I, I I was the guy banging the drum that Niang was going to be the future right tackle of Kansas City. We've not necessarily seen it so far because of the injuries. I still think it's a chance he becomes a good right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. I just don't believe it's this year. No, I get it. I get it. Hey, next up, what's going to happen with this guy, Clyde? Edwards Hilaire. Well, it depends on the injury, uh, but let's just say for right now, he's out at least what, four weeks, high ankle sprain. Is that what the the final designation was? No, we don't know any final designation. I probably won't see it until tomorrow when they start practice. Okay. I'm just going to say, let's just say he's out for, for an extended period of time. I think Ronald Jones gets called up. What his future holds in Kansas city. You got to be about done. I would have to imagine. And I like Clyde. You and I both like him. I think he's a great human being. He's been on the show before. I liked what he brought to the table uh, as far as what his college tape showed. I was vehemently against him being drafted in the first round. Any running back by the Kansas City Chiefs, let me throw that out there. But I thought him as an actual player was a going to be a good NFL player. We've yeah. not seen the pass catching ability to an extent. The pass protection's not been outstanding. It's not been elite. The vision, the explosiveness... I don't know if it's gone because of injuries, but Isaiah Pacheco looks to be the best pure runner between the two. Jarek McKinnon is a better pass catcher and better in pass protection. I don't think you get anything. I know folks have been asking, can, can the Chiefs trade Clyde Edwards-Alaire? I don't think you're getting anything back for him. Is he a cheap option right now? Sure. If he makes sense to keep on the roster, that's fine. But as far as actual touches going forward, I, I don't see where he fits into the puzzle. Yeah. Do you think he's back next year? I would assume he's back next year because he's cheap. You're not, you're not, you're hardly paying him anything. I got to see what the contract would be, but. Well, I mean, first round picks still tend to be, a, you know, a couple million there at the end of the first round. Like, especially as he gets into his last year, I just didn't. Yeah, I just didn't know. Yeah, I think I agree with TC Riley 27. He goes, he's a cheap option to be on the roster for his fourth year, but they won't pick up the fifth year option. Only a depth piece going forward. I think that's about perfect. Yeah, well, I could see that. Let, uh, let me ask you this. What's going to happen with this guy, Colin Saunders? I hope he gets re-signed to a decent deal. I don't think it's going to be breaking the bank. I don't know if the – obviously, national media doesn't give him a lot of love. But other teams, other GMs, they they pay attention. They, they know that's their job. So they see Colin Saunders flashing. But I still don't think he's going to get some massive contract. Saunders has shown me enough. I want him around for a while. 
he gets after the quarterback. He's been more explosive than Derek Nottie. I don't know what's going on with Derek Nottie this season. He's had a very poor year based on the eye test, based on the numbers. The PFF analytical numbers do not show up very highly for, for Derek Nottie. I think Colin Saunders deserves a chance. He's shown flashes. No man that size should move that quickly and that fluidly. I would love to see Colin Saunders back. What do you say? To me, that would be top order of business that is is offering him and Juju contract extensions at the same time. And I, I would get it done now. I mean, I, I, I would, I would want that done ASAP. Hey, one more, one more for you. What's going to happen with this guy? What's going to happen to sky more as guys start coming back. We saw sky on Sunday. He didn't just get his, he didn't just like get his first batch of yardage and you're like, Oh, good. Good to see him on the stat sheet. But it was like, yo, he came up huge on long third down conversions to create a bit of separation, to to go out and make the tough catch, to be physical and and and, and make it happen, I, like that's the kind of action I want to see. Even when other guys come back, but I want to know what you think. What happens with that guy? I just have to say, this is why I kept telling folks, calm down. Sky Moore is going to be okay. Just because he's not getting snaps doesn't mean he's a bust. It's not Jamar Chase. It's not Justin Jefferson. Give him an opportunity. And he'll be fine. He, in my opinion, was a a future deal piece. This was a guy you drafted for the future. He got thrust into the opportunity, into the limelight, and he showed up big. And guess what? I loved the emotion he showed. After every big catch, what did he do? Didn't rub it in the defensive face. He wasn't, you know, getting up in their grill, but he was stoked, right? He was like, this is why. This is why I was brought in here. I can step up. I'm here for the big moments. I loved seeing that. Sky Moore will be a, a, a massive game plan for the future. The rest of the I don't know. Does he leapfrog Justin Watson? Does he take some of MVS's snap count away? That's possible. I do think MVS and Sky Moore play uh, so differently. It's going to be tough to, to really judge. You know, he's a very good route runner, as is Juju. He's not taking away snaps from Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, when McCole Hardman comes back, they used him in a different role. Those generated manufacturer touches. They probably won't do that for Sky Moore the way they do for McCole Hardman. So it comes down to just a, what role does Sky Moore really excel at? It's kind of the juju role. Now, just from a, a, a actual game plan playing standpoint, he has outproduced MBS in that one game. He has outproduced, in my opinion, what McCole Hardman can do just based on the route running. I would like to see more Sky Moore, but I'm still tempering expectations. That's where I'm at. What about you? Yeah, I wish he had a ticket to more playing time this year. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. And I like his skill set. I don't like his inconsistency. It wouldn't surprise me to see MBS sort of marginalized for the rest of the year. I don't think he's automatic to be picked up. I think they're going to eat the $4 million in dead cap space and cancel that deal this offseason. I think he was always kind of on a one-year play, and if he – surprises us, then we'll keep them around with these uh, team options. But those options go 11 million, 14 million. It, it doesn't make sense based on what he gives you versus what's just sitting there on the bench waiting to produce. But I think you're probably right. I think it is a future play. A lot of guys agree with you here. We're talking about um, some of our commenters. Tom Hood says more will take time. You just have to be patient. Steve Cashman says sky snap count will reduce when they're all back, but next year he starts and shines. TC Riley 27. It's almost like Moore came from a small school and needed some time to be comfortable. 
And Duggan, Kansas, Sky Moore's a baller, just needs to get his confidence back. Um, yeah, same thing again and again. We're all agreeing with this. I think Moore is more pro-ready right now. If if the ranks were thinner, they're not. That's just the way that works. Yeah. Um, did, did you like the emotion he showed, though? Did you like him getting up and just the passion? When I saw that, that's what I was thinking earlier when I was talking about Ronald Jones running. He seemed like a guy who'd been cooped up. If you're Sky Moore, you're thinking, damn, all anyone has ever been able to see me do is try to return punch for the first time ever because they keep putting me back there. And and you're almost like watching him go, finally, finally, I'm able to like show you what I can do versus like putting me out there to, to fail. Now you've put me out there to succeed. I just think that's huge. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I, I mean, I love that kind of raw emotion. I love sports for that sort of expression. It's just great. We're seeing a lot of Justin Ross. Now I know this is a next year situation, but I do want to just briefly touch on this. Yeah. What do you feel about Justin Ross? Obviously he was before the major injuries. He was known as going to be or known as being a high draft pick. Then the injuries piled up. Chiefs got him undrafted. Uh, the medical staff of Kansas city cleared him. He was out for the year, though, as far as what they thought he could become injury-wise, right? They cleared him medically as far as for the future. What do you think of Justin Ross and where he fits in? I would love to be, like, hyper-positive about Ross. As a fan, I'm going to root for Justin Ross to be a great story. As a fan, I'm going to root for Justin Ross to make decisions really hard on the Chiefs when it comes to deciding who's on the active roster or not. But in any sort of team building or planning – I think the Chiefs are going to treat Justin Ross like it's J.J. Burden, as in you're not playing. You're not on this team. You're not, you're not going to make this team. We're not going to count on you to make this team. You were, you were a risk before you got re-injured. It, like it's, it's just such a stretch. You don't, it would be like last year if you said, how much are the Chiefs going to plan around Malik Herring this year? <laughs> well, they're not. If, if he surprises them, great. But, um, but there's no – you know, they trade up for Tony, you have Sky Moore, you invite Juju back, and then you build around them. And then you invite Justin Ross to also exhibit what he can do next to all your guys. And if Ross cuts out one of those guys, killer. But you do not plan on Justin Ross. Am I wrong on that? Am I right on that? You're right, man. That's how I feel. That's how I felt when he was drafted. That's how I feel now. Uh, I do expect Juju to be back. I'm really hoping he is. So I'm counting on Juju back. I'm counting on Kadarius Tony. You have Sky Moore. Those are going to be probably your top three next year. MVS, I'm starting to lean with you. Probably just a one-year deal. You know, Justin Ross can make the roster, but I am not counting on him making the roster. If he forces your hand, that's a great thing to have happen. But I would not count on Justin Ross coming back full strength, being that guy. That feels like too risky of a proposition. Um, again, rookie deal. You love to see it. It would, it would for sure help Kansas yeah. City. But yeah. again, I just don't want to put all my eggs in Justin Ross being that guy. We're yeah. hoping he is. We're hoping. It wouldn't surprise me to see Watson back too. There's a good chemistry with Mahomes. There's an understanding in this offense. Uh, I think Watson can be that kind of glue guy. And I also think the Chiefs are going to go wide receiver in the top top two or three rounds again. So at that point, I, I think Juju returns. So I think you're looking at Juju, Sky, Tony, a rookie, and Watson. And I, I think that's what you got. And so if Ross can supplant one of those guys, great. Or make it difficult. But don't forget, Fortson's back next year. Um, you got Gray back next year. In fact, in 2024, you've got Fortson back 
You've got Gray back. You've got Tony. You've got like all these guys are back again, even in 2024. That's what when we were talking about Chiefs dominance earlier. That's what we're talking about. You already have a core who's killing everyone coming back next year and the next year. <laughs> the Chiefs are eight and two, leading the AFC, dominating the AFC West again. And we're still sitting here like, yeah. The future. Look how difficult it's going to be for a guy who was a future first round draft pick before injury. You know, yeah, he's probably not making the roster. I, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs, the dominance they have right now. I understand some folks saying, well, they're not dominating. Like I saw the 85 Bears. And I get what you're saying, right? But in today's NFL, I think it's a little more difficult to dominate the way it was back then. There's right. more parity, there's a lot more parity in the NFL. What the Chiefs are doing right now is dominant. Eight and two. I get they lost to the Colts. Any given Sunday still exists even for dominant teams, but the continued success they have had, the way they've built for their future while winning right now, it's unique. Look yeah. at any other team. The only other team you can make the case for, the Eagles are close as far as their roster construction. The Bills are semi-close, but it just feels like it's, it's the Chiefs and then everyone else. Yeah, I, I think the Bills have to win now. I mean, their window is like right now. And if they yeah. can't put away the Chiefs, then suddenly, you know, Vaughn's going to hit the wall. Contracts get more expensive. Allen gets more expensive. Um, I trust the Bills to maintain competitive status because of Allen and because they're smart leaders. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the Chiefs are the organization to beat in this one. Um, Sterling, let's look ahead to L.A., the Rams, uh, visit this Sunday. It's nice to have the Chiefs back at home for one game out of five is there any part of you – I mean, you know, before the season, we circled this game like, wow, here's the <laughs> showdown with the defending Super Bowl champs. And then now we're looking at, is it going to be John Wolford starting at quarterback? Uh, is, is like, what's happening here? They're three and seven. I mean, I'm wondering, are the, are the Rams even, like, going to compete or are they going to, like, start tanking now and just go for – I mean, they don't even know their own draft picks, though, do they? I mean, like, no, they can't really tank. They're they're in a bad spot. I mean, the Rams are in one of the worst spots. We're talking about how great a spot Kansas City is is in. The Rams sold everything possible for that Super Bowl. Give them credit; they won. If they would have lost that Super Bowl, we're looking back and saying that was one of the worst decisions they've ever made in an organization. They won. Flags fly forever. Give them all the credit in the world. But this is what happens: Cooper Cup injured. Big contract to Allen Robinson, not paying out. Matt Stafford hurt. Right now, it doesn't look like Matt Stafford, they have any idea if he's playing or not. Legitimately, they don't know. It's going to be a a game-time questionable decision. Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. He's still very, very talented. They still have Jalen Ramsey. There's still some dudes in that defense that give you a little cause to pause. But with the way the Chiefs are rolling right now offensively, with the ability to run the ball, with Isaiah Pacheco, with the way the offensive line is going, I don't see how the Rams can compete, can keep it close. I just don't, especially if it's Walford. Uh, no Cooper Cup is just destroying that team. They don't have a ton of weapons. Uh, the Chiefs' defensive line, don't look now. What's it, five-plus sacks and back-to-back games? I, I mean, I get it. I'm not going to start saying the Chiefs' D-line's elite. Chris Jones is. But they look really good. Yeah. Like, George Karloftis isn't even getting sacks, but he's making impacts in the game. Michael Dana making impacts in the game. Carlos Dunlap, at his age, he's made more of an impact in the regular season than Melvin Ingram did last year. I don't see how the Rams can compete with Kansas City right now. But again, any given Sunday exists. I'm not saying it's a 0% possibility. The Colts won. Always got to point that out there. Always got to throw that out there. I'm excited for this game, for the individual matchups. I I like the fact that the the national 
uh, audience is going to be able to view like the interior of the Chiefs versus Donald to see like how they how well they hold up. We can talk more about like raising their profile. Dude, the Chiefs defensive line is going to feast. Have you seen that Rams offensive line? They are horrible. I mean, they were. I mean, when Andrew Whitworth left, they were like more like Andrew. Whoa, whoa, uh, what what just happened here? Because uh, they suck. But then they've lost guys to injury. It is a if the Chiefs get more than five sacks on Sunday, more like seven or eight, it wouldn't surprise me at all. It's just going to be a Spags is going to feast. He's going to, yeah, it, it's just going to be a bloodbath on on that side. What what I also think too is Chris Jones knows what's going on. He's going up on the other side of Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald has been the reigning best player in the NFL, or best defensive player in the NFL, best yeah. defensive player in the NFL. And he's been the best interior defense alignment by a wide margin. Chris Jones is always known as number two. This year's been different. This year has been. Look at the the analytics. Look at what's been actually going on. Look at the uh, the double team. Look at the pass rush win rate. Look at the impact Chris Jones is having. It's been higher than Aaron Donald. So I think Chris Jones knows what's going on right now. If he wants that first team all pro, if he wants some good consideration for defensive player of the year, this is going to be the game. He's going up against the reigning guy in Aaron Donald. Micah Parsons has been great in Dallas, but I think some of the the illnesses slash injuries, it is what it is. What Chris Jones has done is brought together a mismatch hodgepodge defensive line in Kansas City and making them, frankly, above average. And it all is because of Chris Jones. Chris Jones knows what's at stake. Chris Jones is going to have a big game. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a, a total blowout. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, I'm not really, yeah, about the Rams. I, I think uh, it's one of those rest your starters games in the fourth is what I think is going to happen. Ooh, Shane Bouchel? Bouchel, or are we going to get uh, Chad Henney? Anything is possible. I think let's give Henney, you know, Bouchel will get his time. Uh, let's see some Henney. Actually, I just want to see him all the time. Let's be honest. I want Bouchel so bad. I want. I just want to see him go out there, Chiefs up thirty-one in the fourth quarter, and he's like, "Nah, fuck it, play action. We're going deep. Give it, it to deep bomb to sky." <laughs> I love it. I love it, um, folks. We've come toward the end of our show, and if you've been listening for a while, you know what what's coming. If you don't, every week we segue to what's called the must list, and when we do so, we bring in our esteemed, illustrious, and in, ingenuitiveness imaginative richard richard are you out there i'm right here what's yeah, up addicts yeah he is hey folks uh this is richard um every week we do the must list and all we're here for yeah where's the gong by the way he's trying oh, to hit the the shield that works it's it's just a, it's a suit of armor and a shield i like it, it. i like it with i wish i had a sort of a coat of arms in the background we should all get coat of arms yeah, yeah. sorry i didn't bring the gong with me yeah so the must list, we're just here to recommend random things that we want to recommend on a weekly basis. Uh, who wants to go first this round? I like getting it out of the way. So let me just let me just go. Yeah, Sterling's pointing at me. Uh, I'm going to recommend for this week. Uh, I finally got around to watching the new episodes of Beavis and Butthead. And honestly, they're not bad. <laughs> they're not bad at all. And I would totally recommend it. Uh, if you're afraid, if they've changed, I mean, they have, they don't, they actually, they still do music videos. So they're still watching like Olivia Rodrigo and Post Malone, but now they're reacting to TikToks, to YouTube videos. Uh, and it's great. It's like, they haven't lost a step in my opinion. Like there's still two episodes per, there's stupid antics. There's no morals. It's just a classic cartoon. It's just 
dumb cartoon characters doing funny stuff. Uh, you need Paramount Plus, but you know what? You can binge it all with like the free one week subscription, which is what I did. So Paramount Plus, I beat you. Hey, dude, can you give me your login? I absolutely I, I love Beavis and Budden. I, I totally pass you. Man. I'll give you the login. Does anyone do an impersonation? Oh, no. When I was younger, I could do a good Beavis, but I can't do that anymore. Okay, will you try for it? No, I can't. Like, it, I think it was because of puberty. Once puberty hit, I couldn't do Beavis. Like, I, I couldn't do that voice. Like, it was like, <laughs> like, it's something like that. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, I used to, it used to be spot on. Like, I had, I had friends that were just like, you can do a perfect Beavis. But once puberty hit, my voice, like, dropped a lot more. Oh, I needed So that. I can't do that. This sucks yeah. more than anything has ever sucked before. That's pretty, that's pretty close. <laughs> Hey, Beavis. <laughs> that was actually really good, Sterling. That was actually a lot better. That's uh, I watched that yeah. a lot growing up. That was my show. Same yeah, here. Okay, I'll pass you the logins. Uh, Kenny logins. Uh, who's got uh, Sterling? You want to go? Yeah, sure. I'll go with 2112 by Rush. Love that album. Uh, my favorite Rush song. It's just everything that is good in a Rush album, in a Rush song. Got to go with 2112. I'm sitting here in this medieval looking house right now. I got to do something pretty nerdy, right? I got to go nerdy with it. So give me Rush. Have you ever seen like a lady at a Rush concert? It's always an ongoing joke I have with my dad. It's who has less ladies at it, Rush or Dream Theater? That's a good pull. I've never been. <laughs> I'd love to go to Rush though. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you it's that amazing, fact the next time I go. It's so funny. It's great. I love Rush, by the way. Rush is one of my favorite bands as a drummer. Uh, rest in peace, Neil Peart. My favorite drummer of all time. I think he's the best drummer of all time. Um, but 2112. What's your favorite song on there? Well, 2112. Come on. All right. I'm just asking. <laughs> Am I too nerdy for Matt Connor right now? Or what's going on? Yeah. It's totally. might be a first. You're too old for me on, on this one. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. That's a good one. All right. Anyway, I'm just going to throw this out there. What were you going to say, Sterling? You're going to come back with something. You give me Alex Lifeson. I don't get that one either. That was a good pun. I like that. I knew that one. Yeah, Alex Lifeson. So my must my must list is really this is kind of lame, but I was thinking about McDonald Land characters, and I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend Hamburglar. I'm recommending Hamburglar. <laughs> I'm recommending Hamburglar because if you think about this. Ronald McDonald is creepy. Any clown is creepy, so I can't recommend that. Uh, grimace, I don't. Even, what is a grimace? What is a grimace? He's like a giant. I don't know. It's like a a purple pear. I don't get it. Grimace is out. You have fry guys who are like pom poms with googly eyes. That le- that leaves me with just Hamburglar, who is just like he puts on a burglar mask and takes your burgers right in front of your face and laughs at you. How do you not recommend that guy anyway? He's an asshole. Okay. Yeah, if yeah. you're in a McDonald's, if you're in a McDonald's land characters, I, I just gotta say Hamburglar is is the one to pick. I want to agree with John F. Who says you're on LSD right now? I kind of agree. Could be, could be. Uh, yeah, that was that was our best must list ever, right? Right, guys. Sure. Uh, yeah, there. It Top is. five. What? Top five. What? Rubble, rubble. Dude, are you on LSD? That's my main question. Did you take shrooms before the show? Are they just now kicking in? Hamburger's good. Hamburger is like no, but but a must list of, of of you must what with the hamburger? You must I must recommend hamburger above other McDonald Land characters. I know I warned this guy not to take drugs before the podcast, and he just does it every every show. It's pretty the ridiculous. The live show is going to be so interesting when he's just sitting there getting up at halftime. I recommend the hamburger. I'll do it. I will yell it. I'll stand on a table and yell. You should dress up. Dress up like the Hamburglar on December 11th. <laughs> Do it. Rubble, rubble. All right. 
Richard, take us out of here. That's been the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Uh, that's Sterling Holmes. That's Matt Connor. Uh, we'll be here every every what every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central. So check us out. Again, we're going to be at a live event at Tanner's in Rainbow Boulevard on December 11th in Kansas City. So join us then. Make sure to go to the Eventbrite and RSVP. Uh, that's not guaranteed, but just do it because it helps us know how many people are showing up. Uh, what else do I have to say, guys? I don't even have the graphic ready. Here we go. Go Chiefs. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.